woke up quick at about noon Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon I gotta get drunk before the day begins Before my mother starts about my friends About to go and damn near went blind Young at the pad throwing up gang signs Ran in the house and grabbed my clip With the Mac-10 on the side of my hip Held outside and pointed my weapon Just as I thought the fools kept stepping Jumped in the foe, hit the juice on my ride I got front and back and side to side Then I let the Alpine play What's up, what's up, what's up, my L.A. fam This your boy L.A. Ray Harris Host of L.A. Courtside Podcast Which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network And sponsored by DraftKings.com This is episode number 90 Nine zero since I've been doing this episode starting at the beginning of last year. Wow, 90 episodes. Amazing, amazing. I'm still having a wonderful, wonderful time bringing you some basketball perspective, especially from our two teams in L.A., the Lakers and the Clippers. On this particular show, again, episode number 90, I'm going to focus on, of course, the trade deadline and uh, what the Clippers did and what the Lakers did not do. I mean, you heard that, crickets, absolutely nothing. And then go around the league just to get my perspective on what other teams uh, did. And, you know, did other teams get better? Did they get worse? Of course, I'm going to talk about the James Harden, Ben Simmons trade, so on and so forth. But let me start with, on this particular episode, let me start with the L.A. Lakers. And this thing is just ready to crash and burn. This team is just getting nowhere. They are stuck in the mud. Nothing's going well for this team. You know, uh, we're starting to hear strife in the locker room with the big three. You know, Russell Westbrook is getting benched at the end of games, starting with that game in New York that the Lakers actually won, 122-115. to 115. Very, very good game in which Anthony Davis had 17 rebounds. LeBron James continued his 25-point in the higher assault and he scored 29 points. But the biggest story was at the end of that game where Westbrook simply was benched. In overtime, he was benched. Very, very ineffective. And I've been saying this in previous episodes, uh, probably since, say, the 30th game of the season, somewhere around there, in terms of Russell Westbrook. Round peg, square hole, simple as that. It does not fit. The Laker brass are starting to realize that. Rob Polinka realizes that. This, you know, Rob Polinka wasn't born yesterday. He's not a dumb guy. Uh, LeBron James recognizes that this team is nowhere near in contention, and that was uh, uh, evident when they played Milwaukee in the crypto arena and just got blasted one thirty-one to one sixteen. The Lakers were at one point down thirty points. Again, LeBron James d- did his thing with twenty-seven points, and but, you know, nothing else. It's, it's, it's like this team, again, they're stuck in the mud. And they're stuck with the players that they have. At the trade deadline, you know, they, they, they didn't make a trade. You heard the, 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 the crickets there. Just a, little, just a little play on some of the, something my producer put in there, those crickets. But the Lakers, it's not that they simply didn't do anything. It's that they couldn't do anything. Who are they going to trade? There was, a, there was some talk about Westbrook, a possible Westbrook-John uh, Wall trade, but the Houston Rockets wanted a first-round draft choice. I believe it was the 2027 first-round draft choice. The Lakers cannot afford to give up assets like that. 
I know 2027 is a long way away, but they just simply can't afford to give up that type of asset. So that trade was nixed by the Houston Rockets. As far as the money goes, you know, those two players, they make similar dollars. I mean, hell, I don't know what the hell is going on with John Wall in, in Houston, man. I mean, the guy's not playing because he doesn't like his role. I mean, what kind of crap is that? But they're paying a the guy 40-something million dollars. Hey, man, that sounds like a good gig if you can get it. But the Westbrook Wall trade was not going to happen. And then who else were the Lakers going to trade? There was talk of Taylor uh, Horton Tucker, I'm sorry, was being shopped around. But, you know, so only the L.A. Laker fans think this guy has some high trade value. Maybe last year he did. This year he is very, very inconsistent. THT is very, very inconsistent. Been a, pretty much a disappointment when he came back from that injury. You don't, you don't know from game to game what you're going to get from him. No team is going to up, give up anything of value for THT. And Kendrick Nunn, you can forget it. Man, the bone bruise that he has must be the worst bone bruise in the history of the planet. I mean, my God, I mean, I put on Twitter, the guy might as well have an ACL tear. There's a, a, a doctor on Twitter that's a huge Laker fan. I can't think of his name or his Twitter handle, but he's a huge Laker fan. And I um, messaged him. I say, hey, doc, I mean, bone bruises, man. How long does it really take to recover from that? And he gave me like four or five different types of bone bruise. I mean, you know, this guy, the, 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 the types of bone bruises like 15, 16 letters long. You know, that doctor speak, couldn't understand none of it. But he was saying the bottom line is that there's different stages of bone bruises and uh, Kendrick Nunn must have the worst of the four. And he did say it could take a year to heal. Now, I just read in the L.A. Times today that the Lakers are saying that Nunn may be able to come back by the end of March. But even if he did, how effective is he going to be? The guys missed the entire year pretty much. So the Lakers, again, it's not that they just didn't do anything. They just could not. And some of the fans on Twitter, hey, hey Laker fans, I love you. You know you're my fan, baby. But some of the trade proposals that you you, you type on Twitter is just ridiculous. I mean, uh, for example, hey, why don't the Lakers just, you know, trade uh, DeAndre Jordan you know, and throw, throw, you know, throw in a Kent Bazemore, you know, DeAndre Jordan in a second-round pick, you know, to Indiana for Sabonis. Really? Really, people? It, has it gotten that desperate? Are the GMs in the league that stupid? Nah, I don't think so. Stuff like that just doesn't happen. This is not a video game, folks. This is the NBA where millions and millions of dollars are at stake. So the Lakers just simply did not have anything to offer. So what happens now? They're, just, they're stuck with this roster. It's simple as that. It's simple as that. What they're going to do now for the rest of the season, the biggest story is going to be whether Westbrook is going to be continue to be benched at the end of games. You know, is, is this team going to implode between now and the end of the year? It's a possibility. It is a distinct possibility. Right now, we're not even sure if the Lakers are going to make the play-in, which you would have to be, at worst, the number 10 seed in the West. I'm not so sure they can make that. Not the way they're playing. And and, and LeBron James is as Superman as he is and great as he is. And, you know, some people think he's a GOAT and all that. The guy eventually is not going to be able to continue to pick up this or keep up this pace. Scoring over 25 points for however many games in order he's done that. Amazing. As I mentioned, 
29 points against the Knicks. And the blowout loss against Milwaukee, 27 points. And then an inexplicable loss to Portland. I mean, James, 30 points. The 107-105 loss against Portland. They lost to the Portland Trailblazers, who did not have Norman Powell, who was traded to the Clippers. I'll get to the Clippers in a second. They did not have Covington. C.J. McCollum was traded. They did not have Damian Lillard, who was injured. And they lost by two points, 107 to 105 at Portland. Totally, totally embarrassing. Now, that particular game, Russell Westbrook did not play. He had uh, lower back tightness. He didn't play in this game. May have been the first game all year that he's missed. I can't remember him missing another game. But again, LeBron James, 13 out of 22 from the field, 30 points. Seven rebounds, seven assists. He did have six turnovers, though. The Lakers had 21 turnovers in this game. Wow, guess what? You can't blame that one on Westbrook. Hell, if Westbrook was playing, they may have had 30 turnovers, I'm speaking of. So the Lakers had to run out, you know, Trevor Ariza. 20 minutes, two out of four, six points. I mean, that's an okay game, I guess, for Trevor Ariza. But really nothing else from the from the rest of the Lakers. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker did play okay. But again, that's that roller coaster ride that he's on. 24 minutes, 5 out of 8 from the field, 4 of 6 from beyond the arc. He scored 14 points, one of his better games in the last few games. And as far as the some of these other Lakers, you know, Baysmore, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, I mean, yeah, those guys may as well not even be on the team. Dwight Howard, in some instances, can give you some valuable minutes depending on who they're playing. You know, whatever big guy that they're playing against. DeAndre Jordan, I, 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 nothing, nothing. I remember, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year or in the offseason, whenever it was that they uh, signed DeAndre Jordan, I questioned that. Yep, I'm going to pat myself on the back on that one because I was saying, man, why didn't they try to bring back JaVale McGee, who's balling out in Phoenix? Now, you know, JaVale McGee is not averaging 15 points a game and anything like that. But he's a very valuable piece for the Phoenix Suns. JaVale McGee, who would you rather have right now, JaVale McGee or DeAndre Jordan? Or hell, JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard? And Kent Bazemore is just, ah, come on, really don't want to see him on a team next year. So, you know, again, Lakers, Laker fans, Laker Nation, Lake Show, where's this team going? They are 26 and 30. 26 and 30 and are wallowing in just mediocrity. Mediocrity. Palinka has no answers. Vogel has no answers. Again, in the LA Times today, I think I read that the Lakers have had 26 different starting lineups this year. 26. That's a lot. Now, a lot of it can be because of the, you know, in December where they were ravaged by COVID, but every team is ravaged by COVID. So, no excuse there. No excuse. And, yes, they have had injuries, and other teams have had injuries as well. But going back to the original big three, your Anthony Davis, your LeBron James, and your Russell Westbrook, it is just not working out. And guess what, Laker fans? On top of all that, to add insult to injury, next year, who is Russell Westbrook going to be playing for? Are you going to try to trade him in the offseason? You're going to try to get John Wall again? 
Because guess what? The guy has a player option for how much? 47 stacks, baby. Count them. Four, seven. I believe this year he's making 45. His salary actually goes up to $47 million a year. This is why the Lakers are stuck in the mud. They have three players on max contracts. Obviously, Anthony Davis and LeBron James being the other two. And they have 10 players on minimum contracts or close to the minimum. I mean, for God's sakes, they, they, you got Stanley Johnson on your squad. Nothing against Stanley Johnson. Not a huge fan of his. But, and actually, he played pretty well against Portland. 26 points, 3 of 5 from the field, 1 of 2 from beyond the arc for 11 points. But you're not going to get any consistent offense from Stanley Johnson. He's a defender. You know, Wayne Ellington, he's hit and miss. Austin Reeves is still a rookie. Some good game, some bad. But that's it. Malik Monk, by the way, did not play that well against Portland. He was only 3 of 8 from the field, 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. But this is a guy the Lakers have better try to sign this guy. He's going to ask for a bunch of money. And the Lakers, are they going to be able to pay Malik Monk? We still have Davis, James, and Westbrook that you have to pay? Even if you traded Westbrook for John Wall, guess what? John Wall makes over $40 million as well. So is there going to be any room for Malik Monk next year? This team is stuck. They're stuck. You know, they they, they, they they got a big rope around them that they can't even get out of. It's ridiculous. So you, we just have to hope that, you know, if they make the uh, if they make the 10th seed and do the play in game and, you know, you play those couple of games or whatever and move on. You know, all you're going to do is end up playing Phoenix in the first round or Golden State. You know, one of those two teams, you know, it's going to happen there. So but hey. Fam, these are our boys, L.A., Lakers, Lake Show, Laker Nation, Laker Nation in the house. Let's just hope that they can pull it together. The only the only saving grace that the Lakers will have is if all of a sudden something clicks and Westbrook just starts balling out with these three or the, with the other two stars in the context of the game. We know the guy is a superstar. Westbrook's no doubt about that as far as his basketball skills. But it's just the way he plays just doesn't mesh. So I don't know if anything is going to change, but we can always hold out hope that it does. And uh, as long as we have hope, as long as we have hope, then we're going to keep watching. It's pretty much as simple as that. So on my next segment, I'm going to speak about the other L.A. team in the Crypto.com arena who who fared better than the Lakers as far as the trade deadline goes is your L.A. Clippers. Who'd y'all come to see 
easy. What? What? Easy. Just a little, little easy E for y'all listening pleasure. My LA fans, one of the original members of NWA, another one of our, our great rappers that just really, really died too soon. Easy in the house. E-W-A. N-W-A. I'm sorry. E-W-A. Where the hell did that come from, Ray? N-W-A. Straight out of Compton, baby. So, second segment. Let me talk about the L.A. Clippers real quick. Who made a couple of moves? I think a couple of really, really nice moves. The first one was, of course, Norman Powell being acquired along with Robert Covington from the Portland Trailblazers, who I don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, good luck, Chauncey Billups, on that job. You know, Norman Powell, pretty darn good player. Pretty darn good player. But Chauncey Billups, you're over there with Damian Lillard, who I don't think wants to be in Portland anymore. He may not come out and say it publicly. I don't think he wants to be there. C.J. McCullum is no longer there. And now Powell and Covington are with the Clippers. And all the Clippers gave up was Eric Bledsoe. Now, Eric Bledsoe, I liked. Good backup player. Hard-nosed defensive player. Can score some points. You know, not the best shooter in the world or anything like that, but Eric Bledsoe was a nice piece with the Clippers. But who would you rather have, Eric Bledsoe or Norman Powell? But this trade, it kind of it kind of uh, left the Clippers with pretty much one point guard on the team, and that's uh, Reggie Jackson, Mr. June, who's been pretty inconsistent himself. Jason Preston is really the only other point guard on the team, the rookie, but he hasn't played all year because of that foot injury. So, but again, Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, goes to the Portland Trail Blazers. You haven't gotten much from him. I know some of the Twitter Clipper fans on Twitter, a lot of them kind of like Justice Winslow. I mean. He's okay. I mean, you know, what did he, he didn't do much as far as I'm concerned when he was there. But, hey, the guy's in the NBA. What can I say? What the hell do I know? So he goes over to Portland. Keon Johnson, a rookie, really didn't uh, uh, do all that much. He was the draft pick, pick before Brandon Boston. Keon Johnson was their first pick. The Clippers I'm referring to, I believe it was the number 23, 24, or 25 pick in the first round, somewhere around there out of Tennessee. You know, broke the record for the uh, – Vertical jump at the NBA Combine, but hasn't really done much, hasn't really showed much. So that's what they gave up in the second-round draft pick in 2025. When I first saw that doggone trade, I'm like, that's highway robbery. Somebody need to go arrest uh, 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 the Clippers. Lawrence Frank, I mean, man, you pulled off a heist getting that, you know, for for uh, Norman Powell or giving that up for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Norman Powell can shoot the ball. Very good shooter. Robert Covington can shoot. Not as good as Norman Powell, of course. But Powell can shoot the basketball. And, you know, they're going to have a, a so-called big three, I guess. I don't know if you want to, you know, put Powell into like a big three category. But next year, you know, they'll have a healthy Paul George, a healthy Kawhi Leonard, and Norman Powell. To me, that's a nice threesome right there. That's a nice threesome. You know, three wing players that all can put the ball in the hoop. You know, forget about, you know, you got to have a point guard or a traditional point guard in the mode of John Stockton or Isaiah Thomas. This is today's game is, I try to tell everybody, this is positionless basketball. Yes, you want a, a guard that can handle the ball and do a little distributing, but they don't have to be the true point guard. Reggie Jackson's not a true point guard. Reggie Jackson's not a guy 
you know, that can break down a defense like an Isaiah Thomas or a John Stockton or anything like that and, you know, driving dish, you know, with the fancy passes and all of that jazz. You know, you can call him a point guard all you want. He's a, he's just a guard. He's a guard that can handle the ball. And I think this is a great, great trade for the Clippers. And then they come back on trade deadline day and they uh, traded Ibaka over to the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, good for Ibaka. He's probably going to win a second championship now because I do believe that the Milwaukee Bucks will make it back to the NBA Finals probably against the Phoenix Suns again and probably beat the Phoenix Suns again, in my opinion. But I'll talk about that some other time. You know, but good for uh, Ibaka. And pretty much the only thing they got back from Milwaukee was uh, Rodney Hood. But what that does is that clears up the center rotation. You know, Zubak is still the starting center, but Isaiah Hardenstein has played so well this year that the Clippers could afford to give up Ibaka. And Ibaka, of course, makes more money. So it clears a little little space for the Clippers. It, you know, that luxury tax uh, that they were actually close to or may even been over has put them under that. So that was a very, very good move for the Clippers. When Ibaka came back from his injury, from his back injury, he had a he had a couple of games, maybe two, three games where he played pretty well. But, you know, for the most part, they really weren't getting much from from uh Ibaka. So I think they can afford they could afford to get rid of him and they and they did. But as far as how the Clippers are playing right now, really not too much better than the Lakers. They're 27 and 30. They've lost three in a row. They got blew out by Milwaukee, just like the Lakers did, 137 to 113. That was the first game that Powell played. He, he jacked up 28 points. <laughs> Dude came in, played, hit his very first shot from three. 28 points. He showed you right there. Hey, baby, I'm showing you right now what I can do. And then they turn around and lose to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. But, hell, a lot of people lose to the Memphis Grizz Grizzlies. This was in Memphis, a 135-109 to 109 pasting by the Grizzlies. Hartenstein, the aforementioned Hartenstein, actually led the Clippers in scoring in that game with 19 points. That was probably Hartenstein's best game of the year. Coming off the bench, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Another reason why they wanted to keep Hartenstein because he's a very, very good passer you know, for a big man, very, very adept passer. But in that game against Memphis, I mean, you had too much John Morant. And again, there's no shame in losing to Memphis. You know, Memphis is very, very good playoff team, 38 and 18. John Morant, 26 minutes. You talk about efficient, 26 minutes, 12 out of 19 from the field. 30 points. Plus 21 while he was on the floor. He also collected seven rebounds and dished out five assists. Had five turnovers. He'd probably like to take that back. But very, very good game from John Morant. And they just had too much. Just too much going on for the Clippers. Norman Powell in that game scored 16 points. You know, he was the second leading scorer next to Hartenstein. But other than that, they did not get that much. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr., 22 minutes, only one of six from the field, three points. Nick Batum, seven points. He's kind of inconsistent as well, by the way. And I love Nick Batum. Don't get me wrong, but as far as scoring goes, he's kind of inconsistent. I mean, he's a starter. He may have seven points one day, 18 next. That's how inconsistent he is. Reggie Jackson, again, as I mentioned, I don't know. He signed a two-year extension, $11 million per and, you know, good for you money-wise, but 
he's been really, really up and down. Another roller coaster type player. Five out of 14 from the field against the Grizz for 12 points. Minus 24 while he was on the floor. Again, he is really their only point guard. You can bring Terrence Mann in off the bench, and he can, you know, bring the ball across the court without anybody stealing it from him and things like that. But he's not a point guard. Played decently against the Grizz. 26 minutes, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and 14 points. Luke Kennard. Now, I have been praising Luke Kennard all year because you all know last year I was dogging a guy. Dogging Luke Kennard. He's been playing well this year. But in the game against Memphis, only 5 points. Now, Amir Coffey, he scored 13 points. The Clippers are going to have to make a decision on him on that uh, 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 the 2-10-day contract that he, uh, he was on. They're going to have to sign him to a standard contract uh, before the uh, year's out in order for him to participate in the playoffs. So if they do that, that means another player is going to have to go. So that's a decision uh, that Lawrence, Lawrence Frank is going to have to make. Because, you, you you know, I mean, Amir Coffey has been playing pretty well in the last, say, dozen or so games, dozen to 15 games. He's been playing really well. So they're going to make a spot for him. It's just a matter of who they're going to let go in order to uh, in order to allow him to play into the playoffs. So one thing I was reading in the L.A. Times today, uh, again, uh, well, as far as the Clippers are concerned, is, you know, they don't know when Paul George is going to come back. And they don't think Kawhi Leonard is coming back. So Clipper na- uh, fans, Clipper Nation, Clipper Holics, you know, the dream of having Kawhi Leonard come back and say, March or April and lead the Clippers to the promised land doesn't look like it's going to happen. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. That doesn't mean that the Clippers can't make some noise in the playoffs. I think if Paul George comes back and I believe he's supposed to have another MRI coming up soon and that's going to determine whether or not if he can come back this year, if he can, and if Paul George can come back and play the way we know Paul George can play. And then, you know, you, you, you've added Norman Powell to the mix you know, he's another scorer. If Reggie Jackson can, you know, find some consistency, Marcus Morris Sr. has been playing uh, really, really well lately himself. Against the Lakers, he scored 29 points. I mean, he was on fire. And then against Dallas, the latest game that they lost, uh, Morris Sr. scored 21 points. So I still think the Clippers can make some noise. Do I think they can win a championship, you know, without Kawhi Leonard? Not necessarily. Not necessarily, but last year they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi Leonard. Once he got hurt in the Utah series, they kept going, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals where they lost, of course, to the Phoenix Suns four games to two. But, again, with Norman Powell, you know, this guy gets hot, and, again, Reggie Jackson does his thing. We know what Paul George can do if he comes back healthy. Then, yes, the Clippers can make a little noise. By the way, that game against Dallas that they lost 112 to 105. The Clippers I'm referring to, they got a taste of Luka Doncic. I mean, come on, this guy's just, I mean, come on, on fire. 40 points, 40 points, I'm sorry, 40 minutes, 17 out of 26 from the field, 7 of 14 from beyond the arc. As Dan Patrick used to say on ESPN, the dude was in fuego. Luka Doncic. So that's my take uh, regarding the L.A. Clippers. I think they did uh, pretty well considering uh, in this trade deadline that just happened. 
So before I get to my last segment and just briefly talk about a couple of the trades, other trades in the NBA, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467-369. All right, all right, all right, my LA fam. Again, this podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by, as you just heard, DraftKings.com. Hey, if you want a whole lot of prop bets or you know opportunities to, to do some prop betting in the Super Bowl, DraftKings.com, baby. Promo code TBPN. Sign up. You know, they have a lot of promo offers. Have at it. You know, how many yards is Stafford going to throw for? You know, how many yards is Joe Mixon going to rush for? You know, how many how many interceptions is Jalen Ramsey going to get? You know, the 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 line would be like uh, 0.5, meaning if he gets one interception, you win some money. Those are called prop bets. So if you want to do that, go to DraftKings.com. So real briefly, I just want to touch on a couple of trades that the, happened at the NBA trade deadline. Uh, Sabonis for the Pacers traded to the Sacramento Kings. I know he's probably thinking, man, what the hell, Sacramento, man, going from Indianapolis to Sacramento. You know, who the hell wants to play in Sacramento? Nothing against you Sac Town fans. But he, he, he goes there, and this is why Sacramento is a dormant franchise. Now, Sabonis is a very, very good player. You know, don't get me wrong, the guy's an all-star. He's an all-star player. But they gave up Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hill. Now, say what you want about Buddy Hill. And a lot of you Laker fans wanted Buddy Hill on your team. The guy, if he can't do anything else, he can shoot that damn ball. Buddy Hill can shoot the hell out of the basketball. But surprisingly, they also gave up Tyrese Halliburton, who, in my humble opinion, is going to be a future all-star. Okay, you gave up two very, very good young players. And again, Sabonis is good, but what what is Sabonis going to help you in in Sacramento? You gave up two of your very important pieces for one piece. So, obviously, I think Indy, Indiana got the best of that trade. Well, the Pacers, they got the best of that trade. 
you know, by getting again, that Halliburton, if you guys haven't seen him play, I mean, you know, hell, he plays on the West Coast. I'm sure you all have seen this kid play. Kid is very, very good. Very good. And again, you got a shooter in Buddy Hield. And, you know, all of that will replace, you know, Karis LeVert that was traded to Cleveland. That was a surprise, too. That's going to put Cleveland. Cleveland right now, I believe, is third in the Eastern Conference, somewhere around in there. They have a very, very good team. And now they have a, a guy, Karis LeVert, if he doesn't get injured. We know he's had that injury history. But Karis LeVert can ball if he's healthy. And I think he'll fit in well with that Cleveland Cavaliers team. He also is from Cleveland, by the way. So he's going to feel very, very comfortable at home. But the biggest trade, of course, that everybody is talking about is the James Harden and Ben Simmons trade. Two players that I cannot stand. You know, Harden probably worse. But who got the better of that trade? I believe the Brooklyn Nets did. I mean, Daryl Morey, Morey, what what the hell are you thinking? Dude, what are you thinking? Not only did you give up Simmons, well, of course, you had to give up somebody uh, good for, for Harden. And Simmons, you know, I guess he fits that category, even though the guy cannot shoot and is scared to shoot. That's another topic for another day. But you also gave up Seth Curry, who's a scorer. Andre Drummond, you know, he backs up in B, but when he gets in the game, he's going to get you some rebounds, and he can score a little bit. He's going to get a lot of offensive rebounds. It's going to give you second chances. And they gave up two first-round draft choices for James Harden. I don't think James Harden is going to fit with the 76ers with Joel Embiid. I mean, how long is it going to take for Joel Embiid to get disenchanted with James Harden, jacking up threes all over the place any chance he gets? And Tobias Harris, by the way, how is this going to affect him in his game? Tobias Harris averages 20 points a game. Is he going to average that with Harden? You know, Tobias Harris, some of the shots are going to be taken away from him. You know, he may eventually get disgruntled. It might work. You know, it might work. I tell you what, Maury is taking a chance. Harden, you know, he talked his way out of Houston. Now he's talked his way out of Brooklyn. What's he going to talk his way out of Philadelphia as well? One thing Stephen A. Smith mentioned on first take is that we know the Philadelphia 76ers fans is going to embrace Harden, that's for sure, because now they cannot stand Ben Simmons. And everybody's going to be waiting for that game. When the Brooklyn Nets goes to Philadelphia, I believe it's like March the 10th or March the 11th or something like that. And if Ben Simmons does not play in that game, if they come up with some excuse, oh, he's uh, sick or we're doing some low management or something like that, he's soft. He's already soft as Charmin, Ben Simmons I'm speaking of. He's soft as hell. Soft basketball player. Soft. You know, so it, it, when he walks on that court in Philadelphia – I cannot wait. Those fans are going to boo him mercilessly. Hell, the Philadelphia Eagles fans booed Santa Claus back in the day, for those of you who are old enough to remember that game. I think it was a playoff game, as a matter of fact. They booed Santa Claus, so you know it's going to happen when Ben Simmons steps on that court. So, you know, as far as the Brooklyn Nets go, I think Ben Simmons will fit in better with Brooklyn than Harden will fit in with Philadelphia. At least with Brooklyn, you know, they don't have to worry about Ben Simmons scoring a bunch of points. He's an elite defender. He's a ball handler. He's a distributor. And he can rebound. He doesn't worry too much about scoring because he can't, you know, he's just not a shooter. You know, he can drive to the basket and, uh, and you know, make shots that way. But uh, he's not going to give you much from the outside. But that's, you know, relegated to, to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving half of the time. Wink, wink. Half of the time, Kyrie. That's what I call him. 
half of the time, Kyrie Irving. We don't know what his status is going to be when the playoffs start as far as playing all the playoff games or the ones in Brooklyn anyway that he may not be able to play. But uh, in the end, I think the Brooklyn Nets got off better than the Philadelphia 76ers in that particular trade. So with that, L.A. fam, that ends episode number nine zero of L.A. Courtside Podcast. I thank you all, as usual, for listening. And if you don't want to miss any further episodes of L.A. Courtside, uh, whatever platform that you get your podcast from, I can't name them all, just a couple of them, Odyssey, uh, Apple, of course, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, just look up LA Courtside Pod, you will find it. And if you would be so kind on the Apple uh, platform, you know, hey, leave a comment, you know, leave a rating for me. Hey, tell it like it is, baby. Hey, this LA Ray guy, yeah, he sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. You know, I like that voice, that radio voice. Yeah, like I always say, they say I sound like Donnie Simpson. I don't know about all that, but I've been told I sound like radio personality Donnie Simpson. But anyway, give a rating. I would definitely, definitely appreciate that. So, with that, my LA fam, until the next episode of LA Courtside, everybody stay safe out there. The pound of four, me say dead one hour Me for one to use the one to now me call me lover Love who me calling on the one tell me I'm me lover in my heart down to my belly Yes, it's not my stomach, I feel cool and deadly It's the one MC shine and the one that is slow Together we all have a miss a tornado in farmer You know, say that I'm a stomach, I go glam I like it boom boom damn Take the man that says that I'm a stomach, start somewhere down the lane